bit. I like it. I like it. Some of you thought I was Pastor Jordan when I walked up here. I know it. I thought about doubling up the buttons because he definitely would double up the buttons, but I'm 49 years old. I'm going with single button today. You know, there's something really profound happening in us as a people movement. How many of you were here last week uh, when Pastor AJ shared? How many of you felt a little uncomfortable at first? Raise your hand. Yeah, it's okay. I did too. How many of you started to really have an encounter with the Lord as you leaned into that? Raise your hand. Yeah. There's something really profound happening in us as a people. And tonight, I'm so excited because God's going to continue to add to that tonight. And it's all about stewarding his presence. We are a movement that's been founded on the presence of God. And that's because Jesus started a movement 2,000 years ago where he began to bring the presence of God into the earth. Amen? And for the last five years as a church, the presence of God has been a foundation stone for us as a people. It's what we gather around. And please don't hear what I'm not saying tonight. Of course we need the Word of God to instruct us, to teach us, to train us, to ground us. Amen? And of course we need community. We need people. We need fellowship. So I'm not saying those things. I am saying tonight, Jesus wants to give us a deeper impartation in his presence. And as we do, as we steward this corporately, something powerful happens in us. Something is released through our lives that will change the city, will change our region, will change our very lives. Amen? Because God's calling us to be people of influence. It's our destiny. You are called for influence. John Maxwell, one of the leading guys who talks about leadership, he says this, leadership is not about titles, positions, or flowcharts. It's about one life influencing another. Influence, that's a powerful word. AJ kicked us off two weeks ago with the power of influence, that you and I are called to influence, amen? And there's a lot of great books about leadership out there. I'd encourage you to read them all. But tonight, Jesus wants us to catch a picture of how he wants us to influence. Amen? He's got a picture for us. So if you're ready to catch something, hold your hands out. Hold your hands out. And here we go. Jesus, we just ask you to give us your eyes tonight. Give us your eyes to see what you see. We're your people, we're your servants, we're your friends, we're your sons and daughters. We don't want our own picture, God, we want your picture. And we ask you to help us catch it tonight. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. Amen. So we're learning corporately to steward his presence. You know, and it's, 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 it's almost like this. It's like Jesus died on a cross. And when he died, he died literally between heaven and earth. His feet were not on the ground. He was raised up so that between earth and heaven, Jesus died for us. 
And when he died for us, it's as if a portal was opened between earth and heaven. And when we become people who steward the presence of God, something powerful happens. We now tap into that portal. We tap into the very portal that he shed his life for us. And now as we raise our prayer up and we raise our adoration up and we raise our thanksgiving up, something is ascending into heaven. But guess what? God is also descending something to us through this portal. He's descending his presence and his power, his healing, his very life is imparted into us as his people. And this is so important. For the last four and a half years as a church, there's been a people that have committed themselves to stewarding the presence of God when we gather. And tonight, we're going to add more people to that cause. Amen? Some of us are new around here, and we're so glad you're here. But when we gather, whether it's a prayer set or a Sunday night, and we collectively steward the presence of God, this portal opens up between heaven and earth, and pretty soon God's power and majesty is flowing through our lives, throwing, flowing through our city. And it's powerful that when we all catch it together. Amen? Are you with me so far? All right, open your Bibles to Genesis 2. God wants to give us a very simple picture tonight. Very simple, but very profound. Genesis 2, 4 through 8. It says this, This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now the Lord God planted the garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. Verse 10, a river watering the garden flowed from Eden. From there, it was separated into four headwaters. Okay, so what's happening here is this. God's getting ready to plant a garden, but he hasn't planted it yet. There's nothing in it. In fact, it says there's no shrub or no plant has come up yet. And then it lists the two reasons why. The first reason, it says, is because there was no water yet. The second reason is because there was no one there to cultivate the earth yet. There's no water, and there's no worker. Say that. No water, and no worker. Now, here's what I believe. I believe this is a picture for us. I believe God's inviting us to see a picture. The picture is this. Every ecosystem that we are part of, needs two things. It needs water, and it needs a worker. Your marriage, it's an ecosystem. It's a garden. God's planting a garden called your marriage. And that ecosystem needs two things. It needs water, it needs a worker. What is the water, you say? It's the presence of God. 
all throughout Scripture, the water signifies the presence of God, the flow of God. So here we see at the very beginning, God's getting ready to plant himself a garden. And he's saying, I can't yet because it doesn't have the two essential ingredients, water and a worker. And the next thing God does is he provides both. It says, but streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface. And then the Lord God formed a man and placed him in the garden to work the ground. God's saying, I'm planting a garden, but wait, there's two things that are missing. Water's missing and a worker's missing. And I'm going to provide a river and water the ground. And I'm providing a man to cultivate the soil. Are you with me so far? So water and a worker. Our marriages are a garden. Our families are a garden. Our friendships and community are a garden. Our businesses, our marketplace assignments, our revival groups are a garden. And what they need to thrive is the water from heaven and workers to cultivate the land. 14 years ago, God transplanted us from another state to Idaho. And we went house shopping. House shopping is fun and sometimes painful. And we were house shopping, and my wife got that look on her face like, babe, we've found our house. This is the one. She walked into our kitchen. She loved our kitchen, and I could tell by the look in her eyes I was in trouble. And I said, okay, well, this is the one you want. We'll make it happen. And then I walked into my backyard. And I walked out to my backyard, and it looked like the Sahara Desert. There was nothing but sand and tumbleweed. And I thought to myself, it's perfect. It looked like Genesis chapter 2. There was nothing living back there. But what happened? The very first thing I did in my backyard was I brought in some water. Sprinklers. Biceps. <laughs> shovels. Wheelbarrows. All kinds of tools I'd never used before. Because this ecosystem needed water. And now, that ecosystem is thriving. It got water and it got a worker. And now what was barren land, sand and tumbleweeds, has trees, grass, fruit, all kinds of beautiful things, including some squirrels that I'd like to get rid of. <laughs> if you'd like some squirrels, if any of you want pet squirrels, let me know after service. I have a few I'm trying to get rid of. So what is the water? The water is the presence of God. Ezekiel 47. You've heard Pastor Jordan talk about it a lot of times. Ezekiel has a vision. It's the vision of the presence of God flowing from the temple. And the further it flows, the deeper and the wider it gets. 
until it flows and starts to touch the dead places. And everything along that river springs to life. That's the beautiful thing about the presence of God, is things spring to life. Wherever the water goes, things spring to life. Amen? So it's essential in our, in our quest to become influencers that we be bringing the water with us. The water of the presence of God. This is Jesus' leadership and influence program. Is he says, I'm giving you my very presence. So here we are a people dedicated towards stewarding the presence of God. How do we do that? In our prayer sets. On Sunday night, when we're, when we're lifting our praise to God, and he's pouring his presence back down on his people, he's pouring his healing, and pretty soon we've got this ascending and descending portal between heaven and earth. This is where healing flows. Whether it's your personal quiet time where that portal's opening up, or whether it's here on Sunday night, there's a portal between heaven and earth. I had a lady come to me a couple of weeks ago and say she's seeing angels around the room. Person I trust, mature person in the Lord, seeing angels. When she asked the Lord, Lord, why are all the angels here? The Lord told her, because the angels love to worship. When we worship God, the supernatural starts to show up when we steward his presence together, when we take on that assignment to do that together, pretty soon, supernatural stuff starts to flow. If you're new around here, you may say, well, that sounds weird. It's not weird. It's in the Bible. Angels are everywhere in the Bible. It's supernatural. That's what it is. And as we steward his presence together, we will see more and more of the supernatural things of God flowing in our midst. Are you with me tonight? Okay. So we're here and we need water. You know, one day, uh, a couple years ago, I was working with a young man and I was on my way to work. And I was praying and I was praying for my work day and the Lord said, I want to remove shame off that guy. And I said, okay, Lord, how are we going to do that? That's all I heard. So my guy shows up, and I'm like, wow, Lord, you don't really follow the program that we got set up here. How are we going to do this? So we got through the stuff we needed to get through, and the next thing I know, we're praying shame off. And that guy walked out of my office, a different guy. So different, two hours later, I got a call from his mom. And the voicemail went like this, what did you do to my son? What did you do? We haven't seen that in 20 years. We haven't seen the lightness, the laughter, the joy. We haven't seen this in 20 years. What did you do to our son? I didn't do anything. I just brought some water with me. Didn't do anything. Just brought a little water with me. That's all. What does it look like in your life 
you teachers out there, when you see that little kid and you can just tell something's not right and you grab that little kid and you say, you speak life and you speak identity, you speak purpose, you speak hope, you're bringing the water. And everywhere the water goes, it brings life. And you see the brightness in the eyes of that little kid. Every business owner, you've got water to bring to the environment that you work. We're connected to the river. The river lives inside of us. We're people of the river. It's in our name, for goodness sakes. We're the river house. You know, our marriages need water. Say that again. Maybe a couple of us will agree. Our marriages need the water. I can't tell you how many times I've come home from a prayer set or a time when I'm praying with my guys and I come home and I'm bringing water home. Babe, guess what? Guess what Jesus showed me? Guess what he did? Guess what he told me? Guess what somebody else said that really ministered to me and brought me water? And guess what? The ecosystem comes to life because it's being watered. We're people of the water. Our marriages need water. It's through prayer, it's through worship, and it's through the word that we get the water from heaven. Amen. And your garden needs water too. It does. Water softens the soil. Have you ever tried to garden when the soil's hard? It's rough. It's tough. We had the Olympic Games last Saturday, and I was out there Friday afternoon doing some last-minute stuff, and the people from the field who managed the field said, oh, yeah, we forgot to tell you, um, we, haven't, we haven't been able to sprinkle the field in over a week because our pump is broken. It's like, oh, dear, that's not good. I got a few scars. I got a few scars from that field. I traded some skin for that field. That's a picture of some of our marriages tonight. Is this garden that we're supposed to be cultivating is really lacking some water. And gardens don't do well without water. They just don't. So I'm giving you homework tonight. Raise your hand if you're married. Okay. How do you get water as a couple? You pray. Pray with your spouse. Get water together. Pull down the presence of God together as a couple. You need water. Your marriage is dying from lack of water. And when we get the water together, something powerful happens. Now, we're no longer just trusting in the resources of earth, but we've got access to heaven's resources as well. That's the portal that he died on a cross for. So we get access 
heaven's resources. Some statistics, if you're a statistics person, the statistics, there's a lot of them out there, but one of the ones I remember the most went like this. One out of every three marriages went in divorce. One out of every 50 marriages that routinely read the Bible together ends in divorce. So from one to three to one to 50. One in 500 marriages that routinely praise together will end in divorce. One in three, one in 50, one in 500. Why? Water. Water. We're people of the water. It's in our DNA. It's who we are. How do we access water? AJ did a great job last week demonstrating it for us. Hunger. 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 Doesn't matter your education. Doesn't matter your socioeconomic class. Doesn't matter the color of your skin or your ethnicity or your background. We access the water through hunger. Jesus said so. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst, for they will be filled. Hunger is what activates the water from heaven. It's what gives it to us. And we got to press into it. We got to press into getting the water. We got to press into it. Sometimes it doesn't come easy. Different seasons of life comes a little harder than others. But it's worth it. It's worth it. And listen, there's room in our movement for it to look different on you than it does on me. Hunger can look different on you than it looks on me. It can look different on you than it looks on AJ. Amen? Yeah, we got expressive types. We got more reserved types. All that's good. But you can't get around hunger. You can't get around hunger. You may say, well, I'm more of the analytical type. That's awesome. We need analytical types. We need hungry analytical types. We need expressive types. We need hungry expressive types. We need reserved quiet types. We need hungry reserved quiet types. We can't get around that one, guys. Don't let yourself be a spectator. There's something that happens when we spectate is we're separated from the experience. Don't let yourself be a spectator. Step in. Step into what's happening. Step in, let your hunger, let your adoration, let your praise, let your thanksgiving, all the ways, all the, all the things he's done for you. Step in. Step in. There's room for you within your own personality construct. It doesn't have to look like the person next to you. Amen? 
but it does look like hunger. Moses had it exactly right. Exodus 33, verse 15, he says this. Moses said, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. He's given God orders. You can just imagine what's happening in Moses. Moses sees the presence of God and he's like, okay, what was that? That was incredible. In fact, God, if that doesn't go, yeah, I'm out. I'm peacing out. That's what Moses is saying. Boy, it's so true. He also says this, what else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? The presence of God, the water from heaven. That's what will distinguish us. He had it exactly right. Thousands of years before Jesus is on the scene, Moses is nailing it. Whatever that was, your presence, if that doesn't go, yeah, God, I'm out. I say we say the same thing. If the water doesn't come with us, we're out. We can't do this. No way can we do this. We're just using our own strength if we do. All right. So we covered the water. The water is the presence of God. Jesus paid the price for us to have it. He literally hung between earth and heaven and created a portal for us to access the resources of heaven. The river of God flows through the people of God. And we become people who carry the water from heaven. Amen? Okay, next thing is the worker. Turn to Matthew 9, 35 through 38. Matthew 9, 35 through 38, Jesus is on the scene and he says this, verse 35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. I love this picture of Jesus. This is Pastor Jesus showing up. And he's looking at the crowds. And his heart's filled with compassion. You know why? Because the field of humanity isn't thriving. He's looking at people and he's seeing them confused, harassed, and his heart breaks. His heart starts to break with compassion. He wants the garden of humanity to be thriving, and it's not. And what does he do? What's his response? His response is pretty telling. He says, let's pray. Let's pray and ask for workers. Pretty powerful. Jesus, the guy who could snap his fingers, says, hey, guys, there's not enough workers out here. Let's pray. Let's ask the Lord of the harvest to send more workers. Wow. 
What is up with that? Jesus' solution was prayer and asking. He's saying this field needs more cultivators. It needs more workers. As workers, we are cultivators. It's what we do. It's our act of intentionality as workers. We act with intention. We behave with intention. We do things with intention. That's what a worker does. They cultivate. And Jesus is saying, we need more of them. Let's pray. One of the things I'm always asking when I'm sitting with couples, and couples are talking to me about their relationship, is I ask, I ask myself the question, who's working this field? Where are the cultivators? Sometimes there are no cultivators. Sometimes there's nobody working. Sometimes there's one person working. And sometimes both people are working. You know, marriage doesn't work so well when both of us aren't working that field. In fact, if one of us is working that field, we're on the train of resentment. And one day that train is going to ride into the depot station full of resentment. And it's not going to be pretty. So tonight the Lord's calling some of us married people to become a worker again. It's time to cultivate again. It's time to take your place. God planted a garden. And he's given you his water. And he's placed you in it to work it. The garden of marriage. And he wants it to be beautiful. He wants it to bear fruit. He wants it to bear fruit that feeds your kids. That feeds other people. And God's calling some of us married people tonight to jump back in and become a worker again in your marriage. It's getting really quiet in here, and I feel some emails already starting. So <clears throat> so what are the fields I'm called to work? The first field I'm called to work in is the field of my own heart. My heart's a garden. The Lord planted this garden. And he's given me water that I have to routinely access. And he wants me to cultivate my own heart with him and with other people in covenant relationships. That's the first field. We've already talked about our marriages, our families, our workplaces, our revival groups, our friends, our community. These are the places, these are the gardens that the Lord's inviting us to be cultivators. Stepping into a place of working with him. Amen? If you don't know what your places of your fields are, a quick way of looking at that is the seven mountains of influence. These are different aspects of culture, 
In fact, let's have some fun with this tonight. Here they are. Uh, arts and entertainment, business, education, family, government, media, and religion or ministry. It's just seven areas that God may be calling us to work into, into these fields. So if you, um, if you identify with arts and entertainment, that's an area that you feel like God has called you into that field, would you just stand up? We're not going to make fun of you or laugh at you or anything like that. Arts and entertainment. Awesome, you can sit down. All right, business. Who feels called into business? That field. Not busyness, but business, right? That's a joke. All right, thank you. You can sit down. How about family? God's called you to influence family. A lot of family people. Awesome, you can sit down. Government, both local, state, city, national government, stand on up. Awesome. Media, if you feel like God's called you into media, into that field. Yes, awesome. Thank you. You can sit down. And then religion, or if you feel a ministry calling on your life of any kind. Stand up. Awesome. Praise God. You can be seated. You know, from the very uh, foundation of Riverhouse, God has spoken clearly that many of us are going to change the city through the marketplace assignments. It's not just the people on stage or the people leading in the house of God that are going to change this city. It's the people that just stood. God's got a place of influence for all of us. Amen? Amen. Well, I want to pray for workers. Jesus said, pray for the workers. So let's pray for the workers. So if you would just begin to pray right where you are for the field that you just stood for, would you just begin to pray that they that a future generation of workers would begin to come into that field. So if you stood for business, begin to pray for future business leaders. Go ahead, just start to pray out loud right now where we are. Jesus, we just ask you, God, for future generations. Future generations, God, of people called to family, people called to marriage, people called to into these aspects of who you are, God. Into these fields, God, we just ask you to release the next generation, Lord of workers, God. Release the next generation of workers, God. I ask you in every area. God, we just pray the release of ideas and strategies, God. Key relationships to form, God. Technological advances, God, we ask. Networks, culture creators, God, in these areas. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to release the next wave of workers, Lord. Release the next wave of workers, Jesus, we ask. We thank you for it, God. We thank you for it, God. We thank you for it, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Last scripture we're going to look at tonight is John 7, 38. Now, this one's a powerful one, so hang on to yourself. Here we go. John 7, 38 says this. 
It says, on the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, if anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. There's our water again. What's Jesus saying? I love what the King James says. It says, out of your belly will flow living water. Out of your belly. What in the world is he saying? This is where God's just such a genius. What he's saying is, I put my water inside the workers. I put the very presence of God inside the workers who are going to go into all these fields. And they're going to release the goodness of heaven in all the areas of culture. And he's saying, it's out of your belly. He didn't say his belly. He said your belly. The most important part of that scripture is probably the qualifier, which says, whoever believes. Some of us don't believe. Some of us don't believe that's actually possible. Some of us don't actually believe that streams of living water can come from within us and change environments around us. Some of us don't believe that. I can feel it in the room tonight. So Jesus is saying, the qualifier is, if you believe. If you believe. The portal I opened up that accesses heaven's resources will actually flow through your life. And the garden that I'm wanting to create around you, it will, it will come from you. But we got to believe. Jesus had it right. Whoever believes. So the question is, do you believe? Do you believe that's possible? Do you believe little old you or little old me can actually access the resources of heaven and the life flow of the universe, the very river of God that he's connected you to? You can actually release the presence of God into the environments that he puts you in. And when you do, transformation happens. Do you believe? That's the question we're all being asked tonight. Because if you believe, watch out. Watch out. Watch out what happens to people who believe. You can't imagine what's about to happen on the other side once we get over this hurdle of belief. You can't imagine what's about to show up in your marriage when pretty soon you're accessing the water from heaven and releasing something from heaven into your marriage. You can't, you, watch out. You can't believe about what's, about what's about to happen when you decide to be a worker again and cultivate and get busy on the things that God's called you to. 
So the question is, do you believe? I can't make you believe. If you believe and you want that tonight, I want to encourage you to stand up. And I want to encourage you to put your hand on your belly. Yep, I know it's awkward. Put your hand on your belly. Not your neighbor's belly, your belly. And what we're going to begin to do is pray and intercede over this thing to be released. Out of your belly will flow streams of living water. So begin to intercede for you. Begin to intercede for your spirit, man or woman, to be opened up. Come on. Come on. Pray like you believe it. Pray like you believe it tonight, church. Begin to pray over your belly. Begin to release the streams. Begin to release the river of God. He purchased a price for it. Come on. Give violent in your prayers tonight. Out of your belly. Out of your belly will flow streams, streams of living water. So Jesus, we just say activate the streams of living water. Let your river flow through our lives, God. Let your presence and power flow through your people tonight, God. God, we believe. We believe, God. We believe you. We believe you, God. It's our confession. We believe you tonight, God. We believe you, God. Believe you, Jesus. believe we believe we believe we believe God we believe God we believe God God we just remove unbelief tonight we we remove doubt tonight God we remove it, God, in Jesus' name. We cast down doubt. We cast down unbelief tonight, God. We believe. We believe. We believe. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Grab a seat. We got one more thing we got to do before the Lord wants to minister to us tonight. I felt all week that the Lord wanted to minister to couples tonight. So if you're a couple and you find yourself somewhere you don't want to be, I felt like the Lord was saying, I want to minister to my couples tonight. Um, when I moved to Idaho, I had never heard the term ditch rider before. It's kind of an odd term. 
What's a ditch rider? Yeah, a ditch rider is a person that carries the water from the river to the fields. And that's what we are. We're people who carry the water from the river of God into the fields he's called us to. So say, I'm a ditch rider. Okay, awesome. Um, <clears throat> a few years ago, a man named Mahesh Shabda shared this story, and it really gripped me. It was really powerful. In 2005, Death Valley, California, one of the driest, hottest, and lowest places in the Western Hemisphere. Anybody been to Death Valley? Okay. And in 2005, it got three times the normal amount of rain. And what happened next was pretty cool. They called it the 100-year bloom. And botanists from all over the world and all over the region flocked to see what happened. What was normally dry, dusty, kind of a lifeless area, all of a sudden was flourishing with these beautiful flowers. In fact, some of the flowers they hadn't seen in like 25 years. And the reason that struck me so profoundly was as botanists started studying what was happening, they found that there were seeds, dried seeds, that were on the desert floor in this area that were not activated by normal amounts of rain. But it was heavy rain that activated these seeds. I want to say that again. It was heavy rain that activated these seeds. And when I heard that story, the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, this is a prophetic picture of our region. Heavy rain, heavy rain is going to activate dried seeds. Dried seeds that are people. People that you know and people that we don't know. And it's going to be heavy rain from the presence of God that you and I are learning to steward better that's going to activate these seeds. And all across this valley, you watch what happens when these seeds spring to life. It will be like the hundred-year bloom. We're all across this valley. These dead places will now be springing to life with these activated seeds because of the presence of God flowing, flowing through you as a worker, flowing from our gatherings as we steward the presence of God differently. Amen? Amen. So I just felt like the Lord wanted to minister to us tonight, and there's three things. So I'm going to invite the ministry team up to minister, the worship team, if they'll come up. There are three things that the Lord put on my heart. The first one is this. We are people of the water. And for some of us, the water's been scarce. It's just been a dry season. And I felt like there are marriages where the water's just been really scarce. And the garden's suffering because of it. 
And the Lord wants to minister to us tonight. If the water's been scarce for you, it's been scarce for me too at times. I totally get it. There's not an ounce of judgment in that. But the Lord wants to break through tonight. He wants you experiencing the water of his presence. The second thing is that when we don't have the water, all we have is a tired worker. It's hard to garden without water. And we get really tired. And I felt like the Lord said, there's some tired workers in the room tonight. And the Lord wants to refresh us as tired workers. He's so good. He wants to pour his goodness over us tonight. And so if you identify with that just as a tired worker, I just want to encourage you, come forward. Let the presence of the Lord bring you into rest. Amen. We can go ahead and dim the lights and start that. That's great. Thirdly, I felt like the Lord said, I want to fill some people with the Holy Spirit tonight. It was John the Baptist who said, my baptism is a baptism of repentance and water, but he will come and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And I feel like there's people in the room that need that tonight. The baptism of the Holy Spirit and with fire. And so I want to invite you, come get filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5.18 says, be filled with the Spirit. That word being filled means continually filled. It means it's not one and done. And so if you've already been filled with the Spirit or not, but you just feel like things are just dry and you just want a fresh filling, I just want to invite you forward as well. The Lord wants to minister to us tonight. Amen. Can we just all stand? Jesus, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for your presence, Lord, that you opened up a gateway for us to experience your goodness and your power and your glory, God. And you want our lives to be thriving, gardens with you. And every environment we find ourselves in, God, you've given us what we need. We just ask for the water tonight, God. Would you help us steward the water of your presence, God? We ask you for that in Jesus' name.